0: Hello and welcome to Emerge Evolve Lead, a podcast for people in recovery from addiction who want to be better leaders. I got clean and sober when I was 24 and then I started my corporate career. After several decades, I left that job and created Emerge Leadership Academy where I train leaders and coach people in recovery who are ready to step up in their career. My name is Maureen Rosgem and I'll be your host. Hello and welcome back to Emerge Evolve Lead. My guest this week is recovery coach, Sarah Abraham, and she inspires people to truly live their best life. Sarah has been clean from cocaine addiction since May of 2021 and
1: calls herself the recovery witch. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. How are you doing? Thank you so much, Maureen. Yes, I'm good. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. So thank you for extending the invite to me.
0: Oh, I'm glad to, to meet you. We met through a, a friend, Sabrina Victoria, a mutual friend. Okay. And I know I've watched some of your YouTube videos and I know you're doing some great work out there. But why don't you first uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you live, uh, who, you know, anything about your family or your, your vocation, that sort of thing.
1: Sure. Okay. So I am a single mum and my little boy is four years old on Friday, actually. So that's two days time from the time of recording um so every day he's waking up like is it my birthday today mommy (laughs) and I'm like "No, no not today baby it's coming it's coming um his name is Chase he literally transformed my life from the ground up as I'm sure we will get onto at some point during this podcast um I am a virtual assistant and also a recovery coach which I kind of fell into um through using social media as my recovery platform I am a big foodie you know I've discovered a lot of things that I love in recovery, which I had no clue that I actually really enjoyed, which has been a great joy to me actually to find that I can find joy in the small things. Like I just I don't know, historically I guess I just thought everything was just so boring. Like uh-huh. <laughs> we I could all did. not work out. Let me tell you, this is true. I could not work out for the life of me what people did over the weekend if they didn't go and get smashed. I was just like, Who wants to watch Emma Dow or, or Coronation Street or whatever the heck you guys watch over there? Like not me. I don't want to go swimming. I don't want to go to the library. You know, I don't want to go to a coffee morning. I just want to go to the boozer, you know, and so great. Tell, tell us where you live. I live in London. Okay. I live in, London, in the UK, so yeah. You know, I remember great.
0: thinking, what do people do sober? Do they, yeah. what, just play, sit around and play bingo
1: or right. what? Or chat? <laughs> like, what are you even talking about without drugs? Like, hello? Right, <laughs> right. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit
0: about your past then and what happened, how did you grow up or how did you get into um, your cocaine addiction? What happened and how did you
1: finally get help? That's a pretty big question, Maureen, my goodness. Okay, I'm going to try and cram 20 years of drug addiction into the next five minutes. Okay, (laughs) so the story begins that when I was a child, I had um, a Muslim father and a Christian mom. And You know, my dad was from Egypt, my mum is English, and it was turbulent. My dad was an alcoholic, right? So my dad would often travel to Egypt and say he was going for two weeks and he would come back six months later. Now, little Sarah at that time felt unloved. And abandoned and unimportant and all of the things that later fed into my drug addiction. Now, I did not realize this at the time, obviously. I was a small child. Um, he later went on to marry somebody else in Egypt on one of these trips um, back home, which we found out about. And, you know, was devastated. I was 15 at this point.
0: Oh, so he wasn't even married to your mom?
1: He was married to my mom. Yes. Oh, and then he, he married, married someone, to someone else mom. too. Yikes. Yeah, he here in the UK. And yeah, he went and okay. married somebody else under Islamic law. They're allowed four wives. But you know, here it's bigamy. <gasps> so.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: So, you know, this was a bit of a turbulent time for the family, of course. Yeah. And then two years later, he died and oh. abandoned me forever. Um, and that was the catalyst really that set me on the path of abandoning myself again and again and again and again for 20 freaking years. Now, so
0: how old were you when he passed? 17. I was okay. 17. And oh, were you still before. living with your mom?
1: Yeah, I was living with my mum, but I was very close to my dad. He was kind of my best friend. And, you know, he the parenting that I look back on now, Maureen, is is absolutely shocking. I was saying to my friend just at the weekend, Look, he used to take me and my sister, we were eight and six, to the pub with him. He'd put us in the car, buy us Kentucky Fried Chicken, leave us in the car, in the car park, (gasps) while he went into the pub get tanked up and then he would drive us home now we loved it at the time because we loved kfc we were little girls you know we didn't know this was bonkers parenting you know right no idea. you don't know until you're a parent <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're like what
1: we didn't get away with that in this day and age would no. you right? no no
0: but- my, my mother says that all the time My head. She had six kids in eight years and, oh. and, uh, and I, and I asked her, mom, how did you get through all that? She says, well, I blacked out a lot of those years. Not that she was a drinker or anything, but no. just like, you know, she said, boy, <laughs> some of the things that like, we never had car seats or anything that we used to wander around in the car, lay on the dashboard. I mean, you know, it's like, oh God stuff on the back dashboard, I should say. All right. So keep going. So what happens? So now you're in your twenties and you're diving into your addiction. Okay. Yeah. So
1: 17, I discovered drugs basically. I mean, I dabbled a bit, but this was when I discovered ecstasy. So I lost my 20s to ecstasy, raves, three day benders, you know, all of the things had a great old time. By the time I was 27, cocaine got a hold of me. Um, so I discovered cocaine when I was 20 wasn't interested in it I didn't care if it was there or not there I certainly wasn't buying it. it was never something I sought out but I kept meeting guys that were heavy into it and so if it was there I was gonna do it of course I was gonna do it of course girl.
0: me too yeah
1: uh-huh um and by the time I was 27 somehow it ran me rather than me running it and I then got a job working abroad as a holiday rep and of course the party lifestyle was prevalent there what's well, a then- holiday rep What's a holiday rep? Oh, my goodness. So the tour operators, the big tour operators have in each country that, like, have allocated hotels where we, you know, take the, the guests to the airport and bring them back and paint oh. them in the hotels. And, you know, if there's any problems, we sort them out and da-da-da. So it was awesome. I guess you don't have... um like programs like we do here in the UK. Mm. We have like whole reps abroad programs that are like all the oh, scandal that goes yeah. on. No, no, I'm um, not familiar with that culture. Okay. Sounds but, oh like fun if you're it if you're was. an active user. Yeah. It was so much fun. Um and so during one winter season I came home. I was due to go back out to Spain the next year and I fell pregnant from my one night stands. Now I was thirty six oh. at this point um and i was devastated i'm not gonna lie maureen i was absolutely shaken to the core and went flat out on a massive three-day bender um because i was not keeping the baby i booked determination immediately before i left the clinic and that was that i was i was done um and then i sobered up and i was just like oh i can't actually choose partying over a human life i'm 36 for a start and i'm not that person and i just gave up everything there and then in that moment truly believed i would never go back right so now i'm 36 First time in my adult life that I've had a straight head on, and I'm like, life is awesome! Oh my goodness, I've got two grand in the bank. Me, me, I've got two k, and I was just like, you know, bouncing. Oh, around, finally bouncing being able around. to save any kind of
0: money is one of the most wonderful things when you're first clean. Yeah, go ahead. Oh
1: my <laughs> goodness, it was awesome, and I was like, I'm never going back. I started going to church and had all of this stuff mapped out for myself. Which church did you go to? I'm curious. So I went to a Pentecostal church here. Okay, so Christian. Yeah, So that's opposed happy to Muslim. Okay, yep. Um, but I loved it, right? And then the baby was born and three months later I was offered a line. Of course I took it because that's what I do. Oh, and the baby's um, not
0: in you anymore. So you felt you this could is do it. it.
1: So I wasn't breastfeeding, let me be clear on that. Um, and, and suddenly I was this person that I'd always wished I could be, Maureen. I was that one that could take it or leave it. Oh. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. I've yeah. never been her before. I have a choice. Well, that lasted a whole like hot minute. Oh. Um and then COVID came and it was every day, every day, every day. And I was just like, you know what, I can't I can't do this. I, I can't afford a six pound pair of pajamas for my son, but I owe my drug dealer like two hundred quid. Like what <gasps> This yeah. is not okay. And hating myself, you know how we go. Yeah, that cycle where you get up, you absolutely hate yourself because you've had four seconds sleep. I've got a toddler to look after. I'm skin, got no energy. I hate everything. And so how do we treat it? How do we remedy it? Well, we do it again, right? And and that's how it would go until eventually I got to a point where I was just like, right, I am so done with this. Um, You know, I found myself steaming my nose with the steam from a kettle at my friend's house one day trying to get a line up there that I didn't even want. And I was so disgusted with myself in that Mm. moment that I said, right, I'm out. Nobody was more surprised than me that I gave up that day. Um, But I did. Um, Okay.
0: So you just hit your bottom. It was just like you were disgusted enough with the whole process and everything. I often okay. say it
1: packed me up rather than me packed it up, which, you know, was the greatest relief. Only that morning I was joking with my friend like, yeah, something needs to change. And what I meant was I don't want hangovers anymore and I don't want to be broke and I don't want to be tired. I did not for one second mean I don't want to take drugs anymore. Absolutely not. And yet yeah, just a few hours later, I was like, right, OK, game over.
0: So um, is that a spiritual experience for you or just a decision that you made? What what, what happened?
1: Well, I, don't, I mean, to this day, I don't really know um and because, did you give up everything did did you give yeah. up drinking too uh, no no so I didn't give up drinking but I, uh, drinking lost its appeal I only ever would drink when I was getting on it in order to you know just enhance the buzz really um so drinking has never really been a problem for me I still do drink from time to time but you yeah, know it doesn't it's, it's not the greatest thing in the world
0: so so that was May of 2021.
1: It was. At that time, I was kind of discovering and understanding my own spirituality and, you know, really connecting with a desire to to want to elevate my life and to, to step into my full potential. So I was starting to get these ideas and notions. So I guess that combined with how just disgusted I felt with myself on that day was the perfect catalyst to just go, okay, this is it now. So I came home. I told my mom. Um, which was kind of a horrific conversation at 39 to be telling your mum hey I've been doing drugs in your house all of this time with my two-year-old toddler sleeping in the next room um and I knew that I needed to take some serious action with which I told the entire world on Facebook oh my yeah so to date two and a half thousand people have viewed that video now it's a very snotty very sweary production um and it was never meant to be a polished (laughs) You know, a fan. No, it's, it's somebody newly
0: sober. i me- I remember myself going to my first meeting. I couldn't imagine putting that out in front
1: of yeah. the world. So I didn't do any meetings or anything at the time. I had a client. Well, in my that bed. was your meeting. Yeah, I had a client. Or in my medium business. <laughs> Yeah, who was um, a specialist in addiction. So she was um, a clinical hypnotherapist. Okay. And she was the first person I told. I had four sessions with her. And then I just recovered out loud on Facebook and social media, really, using that as kind of my recovery journal. And what that did was suddenly shot me into this space where people were like, oh, my God, Sarah, you know, how do I do this and how do I do that? And I was like, holy fuck, people think I know what I'm talking about. And I really don't. I just, <laughs> I only know my own story. Right, but. right. And I was really overwhelmed. I'm like newly clean and all of these people are are coming for help. Suddenly my inbox thinking I'm this great, courageous, you know, powerful being. And I'm like, I'm just me and I don't really know what I'm doing, you know. And um, so I I muddled through that um, and realized actually the power of my voice. And the power of all of our stories, Maureen, holds a lot of power. And the people that are willing to get up and share their stories save lives it's as simple as that that's a that's a belief of mine and you know that's what people have seen
0: do you think that the, that that has the, been the key to your uh staying clean is sharing your story and your deep heartfelt uh, oh, feelings to the to the to the peoples okay
1: yeah a hundred percent so that was that was the purpose of this naughty production um Was because I just thought if the eyes of the world are on me, then I've got less chance of falling off the wagon. At the same time, being
0: held accountable to everybody.
1: Yeah. (laughs) At the same time, it was a pretty high risk strategy because I thought this could I could really back myself into a corner here. Um, but you know, I just thought drastic action is needed for this drastic problem. Um, and it worked. It's worked for me. And so, come January this year, I'd been recovering just for eight months, like online. And I thought, you know what, let me get myself some credibility for myself and connect with the recovery community. And I trained as a recovery coach um, and I'm now almost qualified, almost qualified. I'm just waiting for my interview. So it's oh, been awesome. fantastic, Awesome. awesome.
0: And I know people, a lot of people have reached out to you for help too. So what are some of the biggest things? Things that you've learned that's like changed your personality, or that helped you to step into some um, more leadership of even if it's just your own inner leadership in your life. Sure.
1: So, gosh, where to begin with that? Queen of big questions, you are today, lady. Um, so, I think learning to lead myself through my feelings and be okay with having feelings that I maybe can't identify um and then navigating through the process of allowing myself to feel them without going running straight to my nearest dealer has been a test at the very least um but it's something that has really connected with my audience when I share that struggle so it's helped to not just to lead me to stay on the path of enlightenment but to also share that light with others also things like just you know creating routines that really support the life that i want to live so it's been very much a case of kind of looking to the future and going okay who do i want to be like i know who i have been and i know that didn't really work out for me so this is a blank canvas where is it that i want to go perfect
0: yeah i did that too
1: and then what are the pieces that i need to get there um and it's those pieces that i'm i'm sharing as i'm going so you know the way that i lead is very much from a place of personal empowerment from a place of you know going through it as well so I'm a kind of a by your side leader rather than one that walks in front of you and you know just by always keeping it real being authentic and and sharing the struggles as well as the wins because it's not all sunshine and lollipops is it (laughs) well hell no
0: although it does get better and better and better and better every freaking year that you stay clean it will get better and better so i've got many years now but i remember some of those struggles in the early in the early days of just feeling the feels and still it you know that never goes away is that critical inner voice in your head that you know, we call it the cunning, baffling, powerful voice of addiction, you know, the addictor and it's our, uh, it's a victimizer, right. That's in our heads. And so learning to control that, to, to really control that. But the first thing you got to do is right. Connect, be held accountable, create the self-discipline within yourself, create the better habits, like you said. Um, And so all of that, connecting. I think you can get anywhere and you sort of got clean during COVID. So you didn't go to meetings or anything, but you found your community online. And now it sounds like you're helping a lot of people. So I know that there was one thing that you were creating It's coming in the future, I think, is this recovery central. Can you tell us a little bit more about
1: that? I would love to. So what I realized from training as a recovery coach was the power of community. So as I said, you know, I was doing it on my own. I'd heard people raving about AA and CA and all of this jazz. And I was like, it's just not for me. And so I had no clue that having the support of others that were in the same boat, people that just get it was so highly valuable and then when I did this training all of a sudden I was surrounded by these people and I was like oh oh my days I get it (laughs) yes (laughs) nice you know these are my peeps that's what we say (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. what we can get from each other you know you can't get from a therapist unless they've been there you can't get from a doctor or or your mom or or your boyfriend or whatever you know it's just we don't have to understand each other's stories you know you might have come from a boardroom where i've come from you know a different a different culture however addiction is addiction you know and that is the thread that unites us and so in the same way recovery is the thread that unites us right
0: yeah and it's so cool that um it doesn't matter where we come from. In fact, that's the beauty of addiction is it hits everybody in all cultures and all levels. And the amount of diversity that is within us that yet we still can stay connected. It doesn't matter what our political or religious beliefs are. It doesn't matter what what kind of family we came from, if it was horrible, or if it was really wealthy or whether, you know, it just doesn't matter. And being able to connect with people of all different walks of life and all of that is just the most glorious thing. I think that that is one of the biggest gifts of recovery that I have ever experienced is having connections with all kinds of people, not just the regular ones that you grew up with or that you partied Mm. with or that are just like my personality is so cool
1: yeah agreed and so this is where recovery central is born from so this is it's been named that way because recovery is basically central to to our lives right whether we you know choose to put god at the center of it or whatever essentially recovery is part of our day every freaking day yeah and so i wanted to to build a community where i could show up as me like i know that i'm a really awesome leader i know that people listen to me i know that i i draw people in very quickly and I'm a good community builder. So that's what I want to bring here. But this isn't a place where it's about, well, Sarah knows everything and Sarah's Mm -hmm. going to teach us this and Sarah's going to teach us that because that is not what a community is, right? So this is going to be like a support hub where... Different members can show up and, you know, oh, I'm really good at cooking and I use that as a pathway to recovery. Brilliant. Teach us how to make the best pancakes in the world, you know, or somebody else maybe has a different, you know, creative way of of recovery. Um, a place to swap ideas, to swap stories, to have accountability, to build friendships, to get ideas, you know, to just bake it whatever we want it to be. I'm keen for it to be built with its members. So that it's not the Sarah show, because that's just not where I'm at with this um and so yeah look out for that in the new year i've started to record some of the videos for it already but you know in the main it's going to be built from the ground up with its members
0: very good that's so cool i'm glad that you're doing that and that will help you a lot it will give you a purpose well you already obviously have a purpose but it Mm. helps people who just need to know how to get through today without Listen. using um, to really feel like there's a place that they can yeah. go. Um, and if they don't want to do a 12 step program, that sounds like a really good alternative. Yeah, exactly. So um, as it, when it comes to parenting, how mm. has your, how has your parenting changed, Sarah?
1: Oh my goodness. So poor little Chase has seen many different versions of mommy in his little life. He's going to be four, as I said, this week. And the first two years of his life, mummy was a hot mess um you know he he never wanted for love do you know what I mean I was always very loving with him but god there were so many days when I was just like oh please just shut up like I just I've only just gone to sleep two minutes ago like you're doing my head in being a little boy so now the mum that he's got is one that's very much committed to making memories and experiences with him one of the downsides of that i'm gonna say is that i you know really spend a lot of money on him and me doing stuff together but i always think to myself you know what i would have spent this in a heartbeat on coke so i don't care if this funfair cost us 100 pounds i don't care if it's going to cost me 200 pounds to go to the beach for the day whatever i don't care because I would have spent it on Coke. And so maybe that's something that I need to keep a little bit of an eye on going forward. <laughs> money management. But in terms of what he's getting, you know, I'm just really keen for him to have a life where he gets to experience all the good stuff and he gets to experience it with mummy by his side, especially as I never planned to be a mum. I never, you know, I I never wanted particularly to be a mum. And now this boy has come, he saved my life. I was on such a path of destruction when he was conceived I was you know three four day benders two or three times a week you know as many times in a week as I could get it I was and so you know I really believe that he was sent to me for that purpose and he's such a character Maureen he's so funny that is great Um, (laughs) and so we just love doing things together you know and just creating memories and I want him to just be proud of mummy that's basically what drives me now
0: and if you stay clean, he absolutely will. And that's, you know, it's just, it does create um, a sober household and everybody, or clean, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And everybody yeah. benefits from that. Um, for sure. So that is just a a wonderful story. I'm so glad to see your growth and uh, into recovery and all the ways that you're stepping into leadership along the way. Um, Please tell us if there's anything else you want to share with our listeners before we wrap up. And also where can people reach out to you if they want to get in touch with you?
1: Um, People can reach out to me mainly on Facebook is where I hang out these days. So if you type in the recovery witch, with underscores in between the words you're going to find me or you know just use my name Sarah Ibrahim. um <laughs> took me ages to come up with that and <laughs> I've got my YouTube channel as well so I'll share the links with you so you can share that Very in your show good. notes um okay. anything else to share with the listeners just know you know I'm proud of all of us I'm so proud of all of us and the good days far outweigh the bad right and together we're stronger so just keep going keep sharing keep keep smiling saying in the light.
0: It's awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on the show today. Thank you. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with your friends. You can visit us at EmergeLeadershipAcademy.com to take the quiz to find out what animal best represents your leadership style and until next week remember you have so many leadership skills that you learned in recovery stop hiding because your contribution matters